We are in Doctrine and Covenants section 20, and we're going to do verses 1 through 36 today. This is a long section, and it is worthy of more than one day. It's the creation of the church and um, the formation of the church, the organization of the church. And man, 11 years has led to this. And I just go back to that first vision, Joseph Smith going to the Grove and all of the work leading up to that. So more than 11 years, all of the investigating, all of the searching the scriptures and and wondering and going and talking and his family and going to one church and deciding, okay, maybe it's not that church, it's this church and coming to the Grove after doing all of that work and hearing the father and the son, the father coming and introducing his son and his son saying, none of them, join none of them. And I just, the thing that always amazes me, and I'll say to my seminary kids, what would have happened if at that moment, Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ had said to him, none of them, and guess what? You're going to create the true church. You're going to um, translate the record. You're going to call apostles. You're going to be the prophet. You're going to lead this church and you're going to take the members of the church across to a new place you've never heard of. You'll call it Utah. You're going to be, actually, you're going to be killed. You're going to be martyred for the truth. I mean, what if God had spelled all of that out? And what if even he didn't spell all of that, but he just said, you're going to form it. Can you imagine this 14-year-old boy saying, okay, wait a second, what? All I wanted to know is what church was true and what the right way to get baptized was. I was just worried about my own salvation and making it to the next life and, and what that looked like. And here's the point of that is God has a work for each of us. And it's done line upon line, little by little. And for all of us who watch Joseph Smith and are in awe, he is second only to Jesus Christ. He has done more than any other man for our salvation. Yes, we so respect that man and it is amazing what he accomplished. But there is such a witness and a testimony in God leads us along and there is a plan in our life. And if we will have the desire and we will prove faithful, he will make of us far greater things and accomplish far greater things and make us greater people than we can imagine. It seems so insignificant and so small to us, but it's not I think of when my dad passed away, we're coming up on the one year anniversary and I've just been, it's made me think and made me want to go back to read my journal entries at that time, just at the beginning of COVID, this unknown thing. But the thing that was overwhelming to me is the knowledge that I had, not the faith, the knowledge that I had, my dad was done. He had done what God had asked him. And he was happy and he knew what a great man he was and what he had accomplished. Because I don't think my dad had a clue. Anything. I mean, he knew he was a good man. 
I don't think he knew what a great man he was and what he had accomplished. And that is what God does with us when we go willingly day by day, desiring to follow him and obey him and do those things little by little, read our scriptures, say our prayers, and just desire to follow him and repent and be good people. And this it's just amazing, 11 years from that first vision, and here we are. And could Joseph have known? I don't think so. I think he started to understand when he started to get the revelations, but I think as even he translated the plates, he just thought this is a record. I don't think he understood he would be the prophet and what this work would look like. But maybe because he had revelations and said, if you could in the school of the prophets that we had, we were as babes at the foot of the Savior and just understood just the smallest part. But it's amazing. Okay, one of the things that I love is he talks about it being in verse 1, um, 1,830 years since he came and visited the Nephites, since he was resurrected. And man, that's a long time for the earth to wait for these this church to be reorganized. He also um, has Joseph be called as the first officer, and then they call Oliver as the second. And the reason that's so important is that we know who the mouthpiece is. And in fact, it says in the handbook, the propriety of having only one revelator for the church explains why the Lord designated a first and a second elder. The prophet Joseph Smith said, I will inform you that it is contrary to the economy of God for any member of the church, anyone, to receive instructions for those in authority higher than themselves. Therefore, you will see the impropriety of giving heed to them. If any person has a vision or a visitation from a heavenly messenger, it must be for their own benefit and instruction. And I love that. Um, I also love that he was given the exact day, April 6th. And we know from Prince, President Spencer W. Kimball, Christ was born. That was from previous revelation that that is Christ's birthday. And what a great birthday present to organize the church and to have that celebrated um, for years ever after this great thing. Of course, it would be the birthday present he wanted. He would want to bless all of us and give us the gift to bless the entire earth, all who will come with a way to come back. The ordinances, the principles, the um, commandments, the baptism, the priesthood, all of it. What a gift he would give on his birthday. And I love that. Okay, um, jump down to, he talks about in verse four, I love this, and thus, and this according to the grace, and that's what I'm talking about, his birthday of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to whom be all glory, um, both now and forever. Amen. And yes, I love that that is here. It's all thanks to him, his goodness. It's overwhelming what this brought. Um, I love that when they organized, the first thing they did was that they were sustained by their those people in attendance. They say there were about 40 to 50, but there were like six members. His own parents were baptized that day were some of the first members of the church. Um, I love that because his father had been against organized religion, just said there was not the true church because of revelations. He had had visions 
that he had had, sorry, dreams and visions he had had. And so Joseph Smith, it records in his mom's history and in other histories when he baptized his, his father, how emotional, like how wrought upon he was, the joy that he had that his father had joined the church because it was so significant to him. This man who knew that there was no true church, knew this was the true church from all of the revelations and all that Joseph Smith had been through and how happy he was that um, he got to baptize his father, and I love that. Okay, jump down to seven or verse 11, and it says, um, proving to the world the holy scriptures are true, that God does inspire men in this age and generation and call them to his holy work, sorry, in this age and generation, as well as in generations of old. Everything you can know Every single person on this earth can know this was inspired. This is God's plan to gather all of us, to bring us all home. And here are the keys. Here are all the, way, are all the ways that he brings us. And I love that. Okay, jump to 14. And those who receive it in faith and work righteousness shall receive a crown of eternal life. This is the key. This is the way. It's for everyone. Okay, and I love in 15 that it says those who reject it but have had it will still be judged by its truths. And I just thought of in conference when we've heard of stories of people saying, I so wish I would have known this sooner. It would have spared me so much grief and sorrow. This is the only way to truth and happiness. Christ is the only way. It is his church. Okay, in 16, it says, For the Lord God has spoken it, and we, the elders of the church, have heard and bear witness to the words of the glorious majesty on high, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And I love that they're witnessing. These are not Joseph's truths. These are not Oliver's truths. These are not David's truths. These are God's truths. And Joseph's father's being, being baptized was such a witness of that. And I love that. Okay, 17. By these things, we know there is a God in heaven who is infinite and eternal from everlasting to everlasting. The same unchangeable God, the framer of heaven and earth and all things. And I love that testimony. And it talks about in 18, he is the creator. In 19, he's given us the guidebook, how to be happy. And, to, and tells us that the biggest commandment is to love and serve him and follow him. And then it says in 20, you can, by transgression, these holy laws became sensual and gentle and sorry, sensual and devilish, and we became fallen men. What that means is we all have the opportunity here, and he knew we would make mistakes. He knew we would sin, but here's the way back. And I love that quote um, that it says the French philosopher, the preach, priest, Pierre, Telhard, Descartes, and I just massacred that. So those who are listening, I'm so sorry. But Stephen R. Covey is also um, credited with saying this, probably quoting him. You are not a human being having a spiritual experience. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. That is so key for us to know. We knew this plan. We chose the Savior. All we're here doing is choosing him again.
We all knew we make mistakes. We all knew we fail, but we knew it was worth it to become greater, to become better, to become more who he wanted us to be, who he saw we could become more like him. Our nature is children of our heavenly father. It is godly and we are spiritual beings. He is the plan. None of it is a shock to him. None of it is disappointing. What's disappointing is when we choose not to take advantage of it and use that gift and come back. And so I so love that. It also goes on and says in 21, um, uh, let's see, wherefore the almighty God gave his only begotten son. He is the way. And then 22, he suffered temptations. 23, he was crucified and resurrected the third day. 24, ascended back to God and sits at the right hand to rule with him and be our advocate with the Father. That was the plan. 25, that as many as would believe and be baptized and endure in faith would be saved. The key is to believe, to have faith. That is the whole thing. Believe he does what he says he will do. We believed it before we came. We had to vote. We had to choose. Now we get to believe it again. We get to exercise our faith and show we believe it again. And then I love in 26, it says not only those, and it details this whole scripture, who believed after he came in the meridian of time in the flesh, but all those from the beginning all of those who had to have faith, he would do it like we did before we came to this earth. All of those who were waiting for the prophet's words to be fulfilled and he came and did it. And all of us who he's already come and done it have to have faith that he did what he said he would do. All of us, it covers all, all, every single one of us, all the prophets have testified is true. Okay, love that. Then go over to 29. And we know that all men must repent. Again, that testimony, everyone's going to have to repent. Believe on the name of Jesus Christ and worship the Father in his name and endure on faith. That is the whole thing. So keep doing those things you've been told. Endure every day. Wake up. What can I do today? Same things. 32, but there is a possibility that man might fall from grace. And how is that? And apart from the living God, it is only turning from him. That is the only way. So if you are continuing to wake up and strive and your desire is to follow him and your heart is with him, you're on the path. You're good. Therefore, let the church take heed and pray always. That's the key. Take heed. Be wise. What can I say more? Pray. Pray like your life depends on it because it does. Read your scriptures. Follow him. Be wise. Okay. 36. And the Lord God has spoken it. Honor, power, and glory be rendered to his holy name both now and forever. Amen. Amen. What more can we say? Amen. Here it is. Here is the gospel and its fullness and its truth. And we believe he will yet reveal many great and important things. But here it is. Here is the foundation. Here is prophets. Here is priesthood. Here, here is covenants. Here is ordinances. This is how we are saved. 
and hallelujah, here it is. And Joseph and Oliver and those six people and those 50 that were there brought it and organized it and how grateful I am. And so the question I would ask at this time to your family is, what are you most grateful for about our church? What do you love most about it? And I bear you my witness, what I love most is it's everything to me. It gives me all peace. It gives me all happiness. And I'm so grateful to know as conferences next month that these prophets and apostles have been praying what to say to us and God will guide them. And I so look forward to hearing what he has to say. I hope you know the church is true. And more than that, I hope you know how much our Savior loves you.